Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Hello and welcome everybody to the Inside Zone Podcast. This is the eighth episode so, so far and we'll be reviewing some of the games we, uh, we watched during week one and we'll be previewing, previewing some of the games for week two. Uh, good good slate of games for week one. What did you think of the, what was your overall impression of the games, Nick? Um, I think that the sort of the featured games... Um, pretty good so like thursday night um and monday night ones especially i thought the sunday slate was a bit it was a bit uninspiring and there wasn't really there weren't really enough close games um i would have liked more but but thursday and monday was the well the late monday game especially were some crackers I feel like normally every year in the NFL, you know, the first couple of weeks, we have these really high-scoring games because the defenses aren't as good and they're not you know, caught up the offenses. But th- this week, I've never seen so many 200-yard team performances. It was it was terrible on offense at times watching watching some of these games. I'm not not sure if, if you found the same thing. Um, so it's, well, something that I think we're going to probably talk about a bit today. Um, it was terrible offensive lines, really, yeah. and oh, and God. we we were sort of talking about this in in. Well, we sort of were talking about it quite a bit last year. The whole, like, all the kind of the culture discussing the NFL has been talking is offensive line play declining. Um, I think the sort of the question is where it's not across the board, but when it's very bad, oh my word, yeah. is it's complete? It's it's game wrecking. It's kind it of is. spectacle wrecking. Some some of these quarterbacks, they they need you know that is safety man. I wonder what their insurance is to be standing behind some of these offensive lines. It's it's yeah, like, we're, we're, yeah. Look we're not you, talking look, Houston today, are we? No, look, look at um, you, because Russell I Wilson. Think that, yeah, well, I think I think you're going to have um, over in Houston. I think is going to be the the picture boy for um, how to. Well, they did that before with, Derek, with David Carr, didn't they? Oh, yeah. How to ruin how to ruin a quarterback's development by playing him behind five traffic cones? No. Right. Shall we kick off? We're going to we're going to week one review. Review. We're going to do four games here. Should we Should we start with the big Thursday night game? Yeah. And this was, wasn't yeah. this a shock, eh? Yeah, well, I mean, I I, I had been predicting a Patriots unbeaten season. Um, I, I obviously, doing it because the way that you can do that is you're insulating yourself against disappointment. If it happens, you can say, oh, well, at least I was right. And if it doesn't, it feels great. Um, I am completely unbiased. But this was a cracking game, wasn't it, to kick off the season? This was um, a Yeah, Chiefs 42, Patriots 27. Cool. Um, and I think you've got... I think I think we said last week you got two of the best built rosters in the NFL and two of the very best head coaches and I think this this game in spite of the results showed that these two are really going to be up there and you know if they end up one and two in the AFC I don't think anyone would be tremendously surprised um, I think it was quite a good two and fro battle wasn't it I thought Brady was looking quite good and quite ominous quite early the Chiefs was really struggling um, during that first drive with coverage assignments. Um, it was sort of all the, pa- the hallmarks of Patriots juggernaut, always someone open over the middle, yeah, um, running back carousel, working. And yeah, I think there were 17 7 up at one point. And then kind of the Chiefs were, were finally got enough chance to use Kareem Hunt and um, Tyreek Hill as well. Um, I mean, Hunt's come out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. For me, I, 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 you know, I didn't really scout many running backs this offseason um, because. 
I find it quite a hard position to judge. So I thought I'll leave that to people who know what they were doing. So it completely passed me by. I mean, Toledo is the university that's from. It's mid-major. Um, yeah. He set a lot of records, but, um, you know, the dra- draft season is full of sort of record-setting backs from mid-majors. They're normally a bit shorter and not quite as... Um, Good receiving chops as Kareem Hunt. Yeah, not quite as explosive either. But just quickly here, I know a lot of draft nicks and you know self-proclaimed draft experts were very, very, very high on Kareem Hunt. He was actually the Pro Football Focus's number one ranked running back in the nation last last year. So that you know, a few guys were saying you know a lot of people seem to be sleeping on him. But I I feel like yeah, like you know the the average fan didn't pay much attention to when Kareem Hunt was taken in the third third round. Whereas I feel like everyone now knows his name. Go go on, I just wanted to get that. Continue your point. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's kind of, so, I mean, what I was just going on to was basically what what changed this game was the second half of mental, uh, confidence shift. Um, was Alex Smith, of all people, um, doing his best Aaron Rodgers impression, the really deep pass to Hill, and the love, and absolutely finding um, Hunt with the worst possible coverage assignment from a Pat's point of view, when, um, what's his name? Uh, I forgot, the Cassius Marsh, I was about to say the Magic oh, the Gathering God. guy, um, who is who's an edge rusher, left in coverage on a um, running back. And I, I, you can't, I mean, he was beaten all ends up, and, but of course he was. He's an edge rusher put on, um, an edge rusher signed about a week ago, put on a, an explosive running back. So obviously he got beaten for coverage, and then, but it was quite a hurl downfield. And I was really impressed that Smith wasn't just this dink and dunk person. I know he's, he's it's always, the reputation's always a little bit um, exaggerated, as reputations often are, but it, it's, it's not without... It's not, you know, it. There is reason that he had that reputation. There was a season a few years ago where he didn't throw a single touchdown pass to a wide receiver, um, and to see him kind of coming out, see him balls all over the field, all depths, um, yeah. fantastic. The Chiefs in general have a fantastic running game. I mean, they don't have a great offensive line, so to see it do that well, I mean, I guess from the other side of things, the Pats only having one edge rusher and Trey Flowers, who did pick up two sacks. Um, it was just really inspiring for the Chiefs. I think the Pats will sort out their problems. I think um, Brady will get more chemistry with his receivers. I think losing Edelman's obviously a big blow, but not having Malcolm Mitchell as that kind of more dynamic um, potential go-to receiver coming in is was a big loss. Amendola got 100 yards and he's, you know, he's Danny Amendola. He's not all that good. And if he has to be the reliable record, um, weapon then Belichick will make sure he gets a ball will make sure he gets open but he doesn't have the after the play for it. he's not a tackle breaker like Edelman um, he's not that as good a route runner so but we'll I, I think the Pats will be fine obviously because they'll they will come back better and stronger I, but I do worry about sort of getting where they'll be when they get the chemistry together and that pass rush yeah, I feel like we've been talking about the pass rush for a couple of weeks now saying how we're, you know, we're very nervous but, but the thing about the Patriots is that there's a reason when they win the toss, that they defer the ball. It's because they are the best team at making adjustments. Also, the Patriots, if you look at their record in September compared to where they are in December, it's a totally different football team. This team, mm. you know, because of the way they play and win Super Bowls, people get given big contracts. They're constantly bringing in, refreshing the roster. It takes a few weeks, you know, for these guys to fit in. You saw it. I mean, was it the, was it the Hill touchdown? Was a totally busted assignment by Stefan Gilmore? Yeah. You know, he thought the safety had him. It's going to take time for these guys to gel, you know. I, I, I feel very confident, you know, these teams play again. <clears throat> this is this is taking nothing away from the Chiefs, who had like you know Andy Reid had a had a tremendous game plan. You know, that how creative can you be with one single player? Every time Tyreek Hill was in the backfield, you know, faking the end around, the Patriots had to leave a guy there to contain, which meant that there was one less p- defender on the field, which left other guys open. Uh, like you said, Alex Smith, you know, he gets a lot of he, he gets a lot of you know 
negative you know, press and a lot of people are very down on him, but he was three of four on 20 plus yards. He had 178 yards and two TDs off those, off those three long balls. Uh, this was the most points and yards surrendered by a Bill Belichick coach defense. Uh, for the Chiefs on defense, I mean, if you if you could give a game ball out, you have to give three out. Because for, for me, the three best people on the field, apart from um, the, the the rookie running back for the Chiefs, I think the, the three best players had to be Justin Houston, Derek Johnson, and Eric Berry. I mean, yep, those, yep, yep. Those, those three were absolutely outstanding. Uh, and Berry is going to be a huge, huge miss for them. And I think you're talking about next time these teams meet, that will be the difference that he's out for the season now. So who's going to cover Gronk next time? Because he Gronk was shut down, and that was such a big change to the Pats' offense because they didn't have that big, reliable weapon. Yeah, I mean, Barry's going to be a huge loss, and, and he he was huge in the run sport as well. Those two fourth and ones, that that first fourth and one, you know, I'm looking at it. I think it was seven nil, and it was to go a field goal up on about the thirty yard line. It was an easy field goal, and I thought other Patriots being a bit too arrogant here, you know, believing a bit too much. That obviously this is not Bill Belichick doesn't doesn't buy into what people say about the Patriots, but. For me, I think there you, you kick the field goal. And also, <clears throat> we've not even mentioned you know, Kareem Hunt fumbled the football in his first ever snap. You know, the, the, the poor guy was so beaten up on the sideline. And it shows how much faith Reed had in him to put him back in the game. Because I know a lot of head coaches around the NFL, you know, they put the rookie running back in after the starter mm. goes down injured. How many are putting the, the rookie back in there saying, you know what, shake it off, young guy, go back again? You know, I, I don't think many would have done that. I think quite a lot would. And I think it. You, it's the difference between the coaches that are good man managers and bad man managers. Um, if you're kind of, I mean, if you're Andy Reid and you've got, okay, if I take, if I don't go this guy, all I've got left is Chark Hendrick West, and that's the roster. Um, this guy is my rookie; he's my hope. I probably need him for the season with Spence wear out. You know, I think it would be an arrogant coaching decision not to. Yeah, um, just two final points here before we move on. Uh, Andy Reid, how creative can you get of a play call? I mean, Travis Kelsey had a quiet game, but it was like watching a college game out there at times. You know, we were having play actions where he was doing shovel passes to Kelsey. I mean, that must have come out <laughs> two or three times. I was going, what? Yeah, what, three I, times. Am I watching it? the Sooners, you know, the Oklahoma offense here? What's going on? Uh, finally, we always say repeatedly that the way to pressure Brady is up the middle, you know, through the interior. But for me, the, you know, the guards, Shaq Mason, Trey, um, uh, sorry, Joe Tooney and the center, David Andrews, I thought they had they had tremendous games. They, they played well in the run game. And for me, it was Marcus Cannon who was the liability out there on, out, out there at right tackle. So I, I think people are going to have to look at this and start to question, you know, is, is the way to beat the Patriots up the middle? Or is it that you have to, you know, bunker down? Because, I mean, the problem with the Patriots is that they were they were missing a lot of deep throws. So people, the, 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 um, excuse me, the Chiefs seem to be bringing the safeties down, you know, force them to beat them over the middle. And they, they haven't got those receivers in the system yet who can test them deep, you know, and, and start to put pressure on the safety. So I think a lot of people will be watching the the, uh, the coach's film for this, trying to figure out if the Chiefs found, you know, a certain wrinkle that under the Patriots. But, you know, the pa- Patriots playing the the, uh, the Saints next week, so they're going to have to fix that front seven pretty quickly when they go down there and play in the Dome. Uh, shall we move on to the next game? Is that okay? Let's go for it. Right, so the next game is the Baltimore Ravens who shut out the Cincinnati Bengals twenty to nil, or twenty to zero. Uh, I actually wrote an article this offseason about the Ravens' defense, saying how Ozzie Newsom had, you know, tried to create this championship defense again, where they were going to keep the opponents, you know, single digits. They'd kick field goals, win on field positions, stuff like that, and it actually did show up in this game. You know, uh, Brandon Williams, he was an absolute monster inside the interior. Uh, Michael Pierce also did well there. You know they they were they were tremendous, stopping any sign of a run game. 
Uh, Terrell Suggs looks like his former Pro Bowl self in his 12th season in NFL. You know, I mean, age is just a number for him. He's a bit like James Harrison in that way. That where these, these guys just seem to continuously roll back the clock. Uh, CJ Mosley, the linebacker, you know, he he is that... I hate using the comparison here because obviously they're two very different players, but he, he plays that Ray Lewis type role. You know, he's the alpha, the leader of this team, but... He's Ray Lewis, but built for t- 2017 football. You know, he's not just an excellent run stuffer, but he's athletic, great in coverage. Uh, I thought corn- I thought Jimmy Smith, the cornerback, played well. Tony Jefferson looks like a tremendous pickup. You know, he he played he played exceptional safety. Uh, Eric Eric Weddle did struggle in coverage, but you know, Eric Weddle, I'm 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 pretty confident on how he's going to turn the rest of the season. Uh, oh, I mean, not much in terms of offense in this game. I mean, this 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 really was tough tough sledding. Uh, Andy Dalton probably had one of his worst games ever as a pro. I think he had four picks, sacked five times, uh, and it, his quarterback rating was zero point seven. Uh, I, I wonder <laughs> how, how it's possible to get get such that, a low score. Better than a flat zero, at least. I, I know. I mean, what, what did he do to earn that zero point seven? Uh, Baltimore had forty-two rushing attempts. I mean, what are we watching? The two thousand Ravens. This is not you know twenty-seven. This is not sustainable over a long season. That's just what I'm saying. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, oh my god, the, uh, we talked about the worrying offensive line play. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, oh my gosh. They let Whitworth and Zeitler walk this offseason. And I mean, I was trying to figure out who was the worst, who had the worst performance on that line from the game I watched. But uh, I mean, it's, it's difficult to watch. I mean, the, the right guard, Trey Hopkins, I mean, he just looked overmatched. He was getting turned left, right, and center. He could not live with their guys in the interior. Uh, he, he was undrafted out of Texas in 2014. Uh, yeah, this is you know a vintage Ravens performance. The Bengals, pff, I don't know. It's, we didn't see much of Joe Mixon. It's it's difficult to say. I think AJ Green had a good game. If you're looking for you know, and I think the the linebackers did okay at times. But you know, this 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 was over before it really started for me. I'm not sure if you've got any takeaways from the from the Ravens Bengals game. I mean, if you're looking for positives in the Bengals, AJ Green, Giovanni Bernard, Gina Atkins picking up a sack. But yeah, we 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 knew all that. Um, I think, I mean, bad O-lines, isn't it? Yeah. I think the Bengals are right up there with the Texans, Seahawks and Giants for the band these O-lines power rankings. I've I've just written down here, Cedric Oboe and Clint Bowling, my God. Yeah. Um, the scary thing was, Jake Fisher was probably the second best defensive oh lineman. Oh, my God. And, the, and there's there's a hilarious um, video... Uh, uh, I'm not sure, I can't remember. No, it's still going around Twitter of sort of where Jake Fisher's about 10 yards away from the player having been sent flying and um, with Baltimore rushers bearing down Andy Dalton. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, the, Ra- the Ravens funds, are, Ravens D is obviously a lot of fun to watch, but I yeah. think any serviceable front seven can absolutely go to work on Cincinnati. Dalton was bad, but Dalton didn't really have a choice but to be bad such that he just did not have space to throw and he maybe should have thrown the ball away. Um Bengals didn't lose this game because of Andy Dalton. They lost this game because of the O line. Andy Dalton just Andy Dalton was bad because of the O line and because most non elite quarterbacks or non super mobile quarterbacks would be struggling in a situation like this. I think it's incredibly worrying. I think when they come up against worse defenses, because I think the Ravens, well, you would hope the Ravens would have one of the best, if not the best, um, defenses in the league this year, given that they had. Short, they had problems going on offense into the draft, and then Ozzie Newsom just drafted a load of defenders out of Alabama, as he is wont to do. Um, but it was a bit more, he did a bit more than that. But essentially, yeah, I think the Ravens, when they come up against a better offensive line and better sort of guards and center, I think 
that will be really interesting to see how they do because they're not going to be able to win the line of scrimmage on every single occasion. They're going to be able to get a lead on a lot of occasions on line of scrimmage, but will they be able to get enough to sort of um, beat a quicker passing attack, um, a more dink and dunk attack? Um, I mean, given that they struggled against Giovanni Bernard, there are plenty of pass-catching backs in the league. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that's the... the that takeaway might be something that the Ravens will need to think about and coming to look at how they're going to cover um, running backs, but we'll see. I don't. I don't really think that you can assess the, how good the Ravens are based on this performance because Cincinnati were just so so abject. Yeah, and I, I mean the NFL is struggling with you know a declining viewership. Well, here's a tip: don't put the Bengals against the Texans on Thursday Night Football of Week Two. That is going to... Oh, is, are you going to watch the game, the Texans-Bengals game on Thursday night? Um, I, I work from home on Friday, so I always get up first thing excitedly like a kid at Christmas. And I will do this, just because... Some, do you know... Do you, do you know there's a Have you heard of a film called The Room? Um, it's, um, it's this film that's sort of famously so bad, it's good. It's like written by Sadistic. some... Weird, well, yeah, it, it, it's written by this like really weird Eastern European guy. Um, it's acted hilariously badly. The whole thing was some set problems. And it's this absolute, absolute cult classic. There is there is lot of screenings you can go to with quote-alongs. Cincinnati Bengals against Houston Texans is going to be that. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be a cult classic. People are going to come back to Game Pass just to watch this game. It's going to finish minus three, minus three. Ah. Uh. There we go, viewers. That that's how to get excited for the, the Thursday night game. Uh, right, we'll move on quickly. I'll cover the Sunday night football game. Cowboys uh, beating the Giants. Then we'll go on to you can do the Broncos Chargers. But first of all, I'll go for the Cowboys Giants. Did you want? Did you watch the game at all? Catching of this? Um, I have only seen very brief highlights, um, <laughs> including the Giants' offensive line. So obviously, yeah. that's my yeah. that's my thing this year. I mean, there's a. There, to me, a few few standouts here. That there's a very big difference between Ezekiel Elliott running the football and Alfred Morris. Now, I've heard a lot of chatter that, you know, oh, they won't miss Zeke if he is is suspended. We're not going to go into whether he's going to get suspended or not, but you know, oh, anyone could do. Yeah, it I don't him. want to get into another argument with Joel Bishop. He said, he said anyone, <laughs> anyone, anyone could do it behind that offensive line, but they couldn't because you know Zeke's got the burst, he's got the vision. He 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 totally like you know is a different running back there compared to Morris. Uh, I love the linebacker duo of Sean Lee and Jalen Smith on defense. You know, both incredibly athletic. They fly all over the foot, fly all over the field. You know, rally to the ball type defenders, uh, type linebackers even. Uh, the cornerbacks held their own, and the pass rushers managed to fluster Eli and an abysmal Giants offensive line. Uh, I still worry how these Cowboys pass rushers will stack up to an elite line. Uh, you know, similar to what happened in the playoffs last year, that you know Aaron Rodgers had about seven to eight seconds back there to throw. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, wow! I mean, it was a lot of fun to watch him going head to head with Des Bryant. He, to me, he's a top five guy who flies under the radar. Uh, watch the what if you guys have game pass go back and watch this this was this was so much fun he travelled with Des the whole game you know he's played in press coverage the whole time uh, he only allowed one catch which was a slant which he missed a tackle on which you know had, a, had about a twenty yard gain and then he got flagged for a pi uh, he's an aggressive press corner you know he, he stuck to Des and made all throws into contested into tight windows uh, I've put here Landon Collins wow he had four stops you know. On, on, he had four run stops. He was a, he was an absolute force against the run. Uh, he only allowed one catch of three yards, and he he was just he's just an incredibly young uh, star of the safety position to, to to watch. You know, it's so much fun going to be watching him uh, over the next couple of years re- really blossom in this in this Giants defense. 
for, for the Giants, you know, without Odell Beckham, the whole field seems to shrink. You know, Brandon Marshall, who can't create separation because he's in that stage of his career, being asked to be a number one receiver, it was never going to be pretty. Uh, Sterling Shepard was, you know, he, he was okay for them. I thought Evan Ingram looked good, but I think this offensive line, kind of like we were concerned with, might place, you know, a ceiling on this on this Giants team. Uh, Flowers, the left tackle, I, I remember reading a stat that no one's allowed more pressures the last three years than him. He he, he looked worrying at times out there. Uh, the Cowboys' defense, Rod Marinelli, he deserves a lot more credit. They play this kind of tampered to bend, don't break approach where. You know, they're going to eat the clock on offense and they're going to force you to score threes and they're going to score a couple of sevens to beat you. Uh, this this is quite a fun game, even though it was fairly low scoring. Uh, for me, I thought that the Giants were, you know, I, I was really under underwhelmed watching them. But, you know, you have to take into consideration that Oda Beckham is the best player on this football team. So, you know, without them, they're always going to struggle. But I didn't realize just how valuable he was to them and how he kind of it's amazing how we always talk about how good the quarterback is but to me Odell he opens up the entirety of the playbook whether it's the run game or uh through the air he he kind of is everything to the Giants at, at the minute and I think he's going to get given a monster contract in the coming years to reflect that did have you got any takeaways at all from the Cowboys Giants before we go on to the Broncos Chargers so Paul Perkins um oh god is their is a lead back how right seven attempts 16 yards which is is not Great. A long of three. His oh. longest rush was less than what you want your minimum, what you want not your Average. standard rush on first down to be. Yeah. Oh, oh just um, tough going that. Tough watching for Giants fans right there. Yeah. And is 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 Eli kind of looking a bit done, or was he just bad Eli that we see from time to time? He was just, you know, he he had absolutely no time to throw. It was it, it was crazy to watch. You know, this this. this so time. so it's more more Dalton than kind of Carson Palmer then. Essentially, yeah, you know, he, he he the problem with Eli is Eli is probably the I'd say probably the streakiest quarterback in the league <laughs> in a sense that you know he goes on these he he can look invincible for like four or five games, then the rest of the time you just kind of scratching your head going this guy's a two time Super Bowl MVP, you know I I don't see it. Uh, I don't know the Giants team. It's early in the season. Hopefully, when they get Odell back, you know it, it'll we won't have Brandon Marshall being totally eliminated from a football game. Maybe we'll see a bit more of him, Sterling Shepard, and. Uh, Evan Ingram and hopefully you know when Odell's back the force people have two deep safeties maybe that takes a few people out of the box can maybe open some up for Paul Perkins yeah. but yeah I'm, I'm not overly sold in this Giants offense to me it was going to be all about the Giants defense and they they did well you know they they largely held the Cowboys in check uh, I didn't see the I didn't see the Cowboys opening up the playbook for Dak you know it looked very similar to last year strong run game couple of play actions you know I didn't see him you know taking too many shots deep but I don't know. For me, I also watched the Redskins-Eagles game, but I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm questioning my decision that the Giants will win the season because obviously it's week one, but I think the winner of the division will probably come out of this game right here. I know you don't agree, but that, that's just my opinion. Uh, Broncos-Chargers. This was this was, this was was a classic, wasn't it? What, what was your take on this? Uh, so, so Murder Night Football, before we start, did... Um... Did you have you watched the um, broadcast of um, the Vikings Saints Saints Vikings Saints Vikings Vikings Saints oh, game from last night? I didn't because watch the broadcast. If, if, you, if you watch the full broadcast, they have a new theme on Monday night. Um, it's the worst. It is the worst theme tune I have ever heard for anything sporting. I swear it's completely all. They've got they've got Hank Williams Jr. who is. Um, as Deadspin note, it's great evidence that talent sometimes skips a generation. Um, with doing some really out of tune singing, which I think is his shtick, with some twangy guitar, and then it kind of goes into all 
this kind of stand, standard sort of sports excitement, music, get hype, breakdown. It's just absolutely awful. Oh, dear. Um, so I just wanted to get that off my chest because it was so bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving on to the other Monday night game. Yeah, this was this was a fun game. It was um, the Chargers-iest Chargers performance that you'll see. And they've, they've got out of the way in week one, so we're all quite spoiled. And the Broncos sort of mo- in control most of the game. It seemed like they were sort of pulling ahead steadily in that way that teams quarterbacked by Trevor Simeon when they're functioning fairly well tend to do. Um, but the Chargers came back, um, and so they're, they're surging back, surging back, 14 points in the last quarter, so inevitably it results in a, a blocked field goal as time expires. Um, There's only the one Chargers way. Are absolute, yeah, the Chargers are absolute masters at losing close games. Um, they they were sort of, I think they've been bottom of the league in seven, uh, in, in one possession games for the past two years, or they've been near the bottom. It's very, it's really odd. I have a theory that I'll come to later. Um, we'd worry about how the Broncos D was going to hold up without sort of DeMarcus Ware, TJ Ward, and I think especially without Wade Phillips coordinating. Um, and I think that's going to get tested more in the future again, because Derek Wolf went down this game. I haven't seen what his status is, but any he's one of their best players. Any games missed, and that's something else. But the defense held up pretty well against what's actually a good charge, a good Chargers offense. Um, I mean, you've still got the no-fly zone. You've still got Chris Harris, Akib Talib, Bradley Roby, and Darian Stewart coming back at free safety. Um, Chargers didn't really get much out of their receivers. Tyrell Williams tops 50 yards, but that's it. Um, Philip Rivers was under 200. In fact, he was under 100 yards heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing for me, like I said, was was Trevor Simeon, who, you know, he wasn't perfect, but he looks inc- a little increment better than he was last year. And I thought he was fine last year. He's got variety of throws. He's got command of the offense. He's really good. He's really developing to be a good reader of um, defenses. I'm really, I'm really noticing this before the in pre-snaps reads. I think he changes plays and he adjusts. And it's really quite interesting to look at. Um, he's got decent connections with his receivers. So he's obviously involved in Demarius Thomas, but um, sort of tertiary receivers like AJ Darby and Benny Fowler, who got a couple of um, unexpected um, touchdowns. And he's even started to make the odd play of his legs. He actually duked and made Joey Bosa miss a tackle. And <laughs> that is worth dwelling on. It's not going to be Joey Bosa's finest moment. <laughs> Ever Simeon duking past Joey Bosa for a touchdown. Let's just let's well, just he, dwell he, on that for a second. Kind, kind of, you know, he's shutting him from the outside, and he came back inside. So I think we'll give him a pass there. Hmm. No. <laughs> um. I mean, it, the interesting thing for me as well was that with Denver. I think we thought we we're going to be one of these terrible, terrible O lines, and they weren't. I mean, um, there was a decent running game. C.J. Anderson and Jamal Charles, eighty-one and forty yards yeah. respectively, at four yards a pop. Um. The pass protected reasonably in the most part. I think on the right, Menelik Watson is not a starting caliber tackle. We knew this already. We definitely know this now. Melvin Ingram had so much fun. Um, oh, yeah. But on the other side, um, Garrett Bowles, who looked abysmal in preseason, for the most part, was holding Joey Bosa at bay. I thought he looked um, good in run, run, yeah. run blocking. I thought, he, I thought he, was, he looked like a sled out there. He was pushing people over. I mean, we, we, we know he's going to be a good run blocker, but I thought he was reasonably good in pass protection as well and I, I was kind of surprised to see that so that's that's something that I think you know all this talk about bad offensive lines that's a good one but I want to come back to my theory about why 
to the Chargers not win these close games. They haven't. They didn't have a successful two-minute drill all last year, and it started badly this year. Yeah, the kick was blocked, but there was a moment about a minute to go where suddenly everything kind of broke down in communication with Phil Philip Rivers um, unable to kind of either call a timeout or get his offence ready in a supposedly in a two-minute drill. And he does give off the air of petulance in a situation like that when everything's not just so he does have this thing where he just seems to break down slightly and i know mile high is a loud stadium but here's the thing philip rivers veteran quarterback been in the league has he been in the league is this his 15th season in the league now Was he's got two, 2003 draft class yeah him, so ben, he's, uh, yeah he's got an all but rookie head coach who's not going to be is not experienced in how to organise a two-minute drill in a loud stadium, whereas Philip Rivers should be. So there, this is a situation where you need some leadership from the quarterback, and he just showed none of it. He was just standing around looking looking affronted that everything wasn't kind of coming from the sidelines. And, and you thought, you, you cut to Anthony Lynn, who's trying to signal run, run, run on the sideline. And Philip Rivers is just going, Bleh. and I do too often, he just doesn't show the leadership that I want to see from a quarterback who's considered one of the league's best. Um, and it's apt for someone of, um, of Philip Rivers' politics that he seems to be the one acting like a sort of a, a delicate, um, and I know I shouldn't use this word in this context, but like a delicate snowflake. Um, you know, something that's often thrown at people of the opposite politics. And yet here we are. Um, I want to see Philip Rivers... It's a bit late now in his career. I don't think he's going to start, but I would have wanted him over the course of his career taking more responsibility for being for inspiring his team to come back and inspiring him to win tight games. Apologies, it was the 2004 draft I was alluding to. The 2003 one had Carson Palmer, Byron Leftwich, Rex Grossman, which you know sounds like someone out of a movie, and Kyle Bowler. Just poor people start you know going mentally over that, over that draft. But no, I totally agree. Uh, I'm. I, I thought Shaquille Barrett had a, uh, had a had a great game at edge rusher next to Von Miller. Von Miller was Von Miller, you know. He was he was he his runs his uh, his run D was was you know tremendous this game. I, th- I thought that that something that goes largely under the radar. You know, most people would know him just as a pure pass rusher, but he he is great. You know, uh, setting the edge. Uh, Simeon looked efficient. He's the kind of guy who I can see leading them to like a nine ten win type season. Uh, oh. I think that's unfair because he led them to a nine-win season when they had no offensive line last year. And if he's actually got one, then he's got that little bit better. I don't see why he can't get them even further. I just think the division's a little bit better this year, so it's going to be it's going to be harder for him. Uh, I tweeted out that this was a you know a defensive blockbuster, and both teams, you know, their their front seven just went bananas on each other. You know, neither quarterback really had much time to throw. Uh, I felt like every time I, I, I you know every series it was either Miller, Barrett, Ingram, Bosa. Someone was in someone's face and. It, 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 it was it was quite quite a fun game to, to watch. I found, even though you know, it wasn't necessarily very high scoring. Uh, shall we move on to the week two preview with our games of the week? Which games are most looking forward to? Yeah, let's go. Right, we'll quickly do this in about thirty seconds to a minute. Obviously, as, as a as a as a loyal Dolphins fan, I'll be looking forward to the Dolphins Chargers game, but I have not gone for that. I have gone for a different game. Uh, Nick, which game have you gone for? Well, obviously, as a loyal Saints fan, I have not gone for the Saints being beaten by the Patriots, but I'm quite looking forward to watching Vikings Steelers because oh, yeah. it's two teams. Oh, yeah. You're not you're not sure if that opening week is what's to come. Um, Minnesota is that offensive line fixed? Are Thielen Diggs going to be able Bradford uh, enable Bradford to again show off this fantastic, actually intermediate range accuracy, not just short accuracy, but he was finding Thielen Diggs against Saints yeah. fantastically, or was it just because he was playing the Saints? 
Um, and you've got sort of these these fantastic key matchups. Um, the Vikings pass rush, both interior and exterior, going up against Steelers O-line, which was great, especially on the interior. Oh, yeah. So you, you, you sort of looking at Linville Joseph going up against, say, a David DeCastro or Ramon Foster. Oh. Um, Daniel Hunter up against Alejandro Villanueva. Griffin. Um, oh, my gosh. It's... It's a better O-line. The problem um, again, in the Saints game was that Saints were, for a lot of them, about both their starting offensive tackles. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 I think it's a really interesting battle to see if Pittsburgh were just playing down to Cleveland and they'll play up in the following week, or if they're actually you know, not so sure, or if the Vikings were that good, or they were just game-planning well against a team that is probably a bit more flawed than people think it is. Uh, spoilers, this is for my NFL Week 2 primer. This is my matchup of the week, the Steelers' offense versus the Vikings' defense. You know, like you said, it's going to be, it's going to be mouth-watering, seeing so, you know, Griffin uh, going up against Villanueva, Linville Joseph working against those guys inside. Then on the outside, you know, we've got Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant going up against Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne. You know, this should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, for me, my game of the week is the late Sunday night game. Uh, it's a repeat of last year's NFC Championship game. We've got the Green Bay Packers traveling to face the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, last year we all know what the, what the what the Falcons' offense was like. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, comparing this team to last year because let's let's not forget they they hardly lost any personnel at all on that offense. It was just that the coordinator went, and I know we discussed it last week that Shanahan is is a, is a, a tremendous loss, and we're still not too sure what Steve Sarkeesian is going to be like. But let's see just how this. This uh, Falcons offense stacks up, and also the two defenses. You know, these these are two very good defenses, quite young. Uh, you know, Green Bay playing against Seattle on on Sunday. I I think the Green Bay Packers defense actually outshone the Seahawks defense at the time. You know, Nick Perry looks to be back again. Mike Daniels was was incredible. Uh, they look they look like they finally got it together in the, in the secondary. Uh, this should be a fun game. You know, seeing Aaron Rodgers, how, how, what he can do on the road in Atlanta. Seeing if the you know the Falcons' offense is the same as last year. Seeing how Green Bay deals with those various matchups at the backfield. Uh, this this is going to be a fun game. Have you got any, got any closing thoughts about the the Packers Falcons game at all? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Um, Atlanta struggled to run the ball against Chicago. Um, Chicago got a pretty good defensive interior, um, but I think Green Bay's is better. I mean, Mike Daniels is one of the league's premier run stuffers. Um, and I'm kind, of, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing the Packers against a less terrifying defense than Seahawks on offense. Um, you can't really judge how good an offense is as to how it is against Seahawks because they are ludicrous. Yeah. Um, Falcons, a good, fast, young defense that playing will in a, make playing in a will, dome. Will, you know, they, they, yeah, yeah, will make a few pieces. errors. Yeah, I, I, I think that there are errors in this Falcons defense as there are errors in any young defense. It's a question of how much has that offense stepped back. Um, without Kyle Shanahan, or if at all. Um, I, thought, I thought I saw Julio Jones having a, um, a yell at Steve Sarkeesian at one point in the sideline. I don't know if that was just Paul Cut or if he's going full Peterson, Adrian Peterson at uh, Sean Payton. I to allude to that. But... <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll um, we'll brush over that. <laughs> no, sort of yeah, we did, obviously, obviously no one saw that coming, did they? Adrian Peterson hardly getting any snaps and then yelling at the head coach. No, no one saw that coming. It was, it was, I was actually felt quite sorry for him. You know, he's this great, we'll, we'll, we'll digress don't, slightly here. Don't, but, don't, don't feel sorry for him. He was lined up in the backfield and he must have thought, you know, oh, here we go, you know, I'm going to get in the eye formation or something, I'm just going to pound the ball. And the play call comes in, he's lined up seven yards deep and then Breeze makes a noise and he runs out wide right. And he, I, I, can't, I don't know if you guys can go back and watch this, but he's, he's standing you know, outside at the receiver position and all he does 
is he turns and faces Breeze. That's all he's doing. He's a, he's a distraction as if they're throwing a, a screen. And Breeze did not once look his way. You know, Peterson is just down there purely as a distraction. It's it's quite sad to see how, how his career has come to this point, and especially you know, when you you know you look at how Dalvin Cook was performing for the, for the Vikings. It, it's it, it's difficult to feel sorry for Peterson, you know, given given what we know about him off the field. But in this this instance, I had a little bit of sympathy for him. Not sure what your take is as a Saints fan, but uh, shall we move on to the the Pickums to reflect on last week's? Yes, let's 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 do that. So the Pickums is a weekly series. We will be picking eight games. One of them will be a big two pointer. Uh, in the first week, we had Chiefs at Pats. Both of us went for the Pats, so we got that wrong. Uh, we then had Eagles at Redskins. Both went for the Eagles. That was obviously correct. Raiders at Titans. I went for the Raiders. You went for Titans. So that's one point to me. Bucks at Finns was postponed, and we actually had to cut that when we uh, edited because we spent way too long talking. Well, sorry, I spent way too long talking about that, and obviously that game was was, was cancelled. Uh, Falcons at Bears, we both correctly went with Atlanta, although that that was a close one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, this this is why the Falcons will be so interesting against Green Bay because they were essentially anyone but Mike Glennon at quarterback when the Bears at first yeah. and six in the last few seconds, and that's probably a Bears win. Well, not quite anyone, but yeah, Chicago looks good for a young team as well. You know, let's not take anything away from them. They got a night, you know, a good emerging O line. You know, they got a few playmakers on D. They looked quite good, I think. Let's let's not sell the Bears short. Oh, okay. There we go. Seahawks at Packers. We both correctly went for the Packers. Uh, so what's this? I'm on. Oh my, I'm on four correct. You're on three correct. Both of us went for the Panthers. Uh, against the 49ers, so that leaves me on 5U on 4. But crucially, the big two-pointer this week was the Chargers at Broncos. And this is where it swings, folks, because I went for the LA Chargers. I was all in on, on the Chargers. You went for the Broncos. You came off correct there with the big two-pointer, which leaves you on 6 and myself on 5 after week 1. Right, let's see if I can, I, re- let's see if I can redeem I, this this week, shall we? Do I win a prize? Uh, we, we'll, we'll work on that. Right, I, we've got eight games for week two, and I still haven't picked the winner of the first one, so I'm going to see how you go. And that, might, ha, that, 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 that This sounds like it's working in your advantage. This sounds I, like you've rigged the game slightly. I, I have all my answers wrote down here, apart from the first one. Do you want me to go first for the first for the first pick, and then? Uh, yeah, because I'm not changing mine, because you know what mine are. I, I can't just, remember. Just, oh, I'm pulling back the curtain. What am I doing? Don't pull back the curtain and show how the pod works. Right, Bengals... Hosting the Texans. Oh my gosh. Um, um, oh my god. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going Bengals there. Even though, you know, everything in my head is screaming Houston uh, front seven pass rushes. But I'm going to go for the Bengals. Who are you going for, Nick? I'm going for the Texans. Texans. Oh my gosh. I'm right. so excited to watch this offensive line battle. It's going to be fantastic. Riveting. Bucks versus Bears. Yeah, I think this. I think, like you said, the Bears. Are, this could be a shock, but I don't think it will be. I think Tampa Bay. Yeah, I've gone for the Bucks as well. Steelers Vikings. How good are you feeling about Bradford's performance here? I'm going to go for the Steelers. Who have you gone for? I have gone for the Vikings. Vikings. There we go. This is coming a lot of different answers here. Right, Chiefs Eagles. I really want to say Eagles because I really like them this year, but. Kansas City looked looked so good. All right, it's a consensus pick. Both gone for the Chiefs. Jags, Titans. Is it going to be a 10-sack performance? Who have you got? I've gone for the Titans. 
I, I have as well. I'm not overly confident in this. Um, Final answer. But I Titans? just think, yeah, I, I, I think it might actually be the front seven that wins it for them. Yeah. Uh, Dolphins, Chargers. Who have you gone for, Tom? Fins up, fins up, baby. Fins up. <laughs> Who have you got? Of course, the Chargers. Oh, my gosh. What do you mean, of course? That's blasphemous. <laughs> right. Broncos, Cowboys. It's going to be fun, this one, isn't it? I, I, yeah, this this is going to be an interesting matchup. I think Dallas might do it. You going Big D? Yeah. Right. Good Cowboys. I've gone for Weed and Boys as well. And finally, the big two-pointer. Swung it last week. We've got the Falcons hosting the Packers. And despite everything I've said about the Falcons, Aaron Rodgers is going to be MVP this year. I'm going for the Pack. Go Pack, go. What about you? Yeah, I think this is going to be the Packers. Oh, this, is, this is a boring week, isn't it? I feel like to jazz it up, you know, we need something like, do you watch the college game day on ESPN where, you know, they, they, have, the, you know, the, they, they have the big game and they put the helmet on or the, or the big head of the mascot? I feel like we need to jazz this up somehow. Maybe we'll get some, some sound effects in it to maybe, maybe make this sound a bit more entertaining for the, for the, for the <laughs> listeners at home. You could get, you could get um, the the old from the Simpsons where Homer take, Homer takes up sports betting with Lisa's help and it's got lock of the week and shoeing of the week and things like that. There we go. We'll, we'll try we'll we'll try and jazz it up a little bit. I think Let anything me. anything to cram in the Simpsons to show that I am in my thirties is, is fine by me. There you go. Did I see the guy got sacked recently? Was it the creator or something? Was it the creator Simpsons? Someone someone got sacked. Um, I uh, to be honest, I haven't watched anything for about the last sixteen series. Um, it's amazing, sort of the you know off topic. It's amazing that I mean, it's well known and amazing the drop off in quality from the sort of Simpsons that were on in my formative years in the nineties, and basically how it's been since the early two thousands. There we go, and guys. it's still going on. They've like twenty eight series. It's like guys, for the love of God, stop. There we please. go. Right, be sure to check out the website, theinsidezone.com. We will be having our weekly NFL primer. goes up on a Thursday. We'll also have a few of the specific games will be previewed up on there. I've also got our college football. Every week we've got the games to watch, uh, which ones for you guys to be watching on the weekend or what highlights to catch. And we also have our, uh, our review of the previous week's college football, the winners and losers, with all the NFL draft stock being taken into account. Follow us on Twitter at the Inside Zone, and be sure to give us uh, five stars over on iTunes. And do they give stars on Stitcher? Is that is that a thing? Maybe, maybe give us stars on Stitcher somehow. Uh, the the Stitcher link, by the way, guys, if uh, if you're listening to this uh, for future weeks, the Stitcher link seems to go up about five to six hours after iTunes. Not sure why that happens or how it happens, but that seems to be the case. But uh, from me, myself and Nick, that's gonna be all for this week. Uh, tune in next week. Hopefully, we'll have our OCU Manura interview. Uh, this week the podcast went on for a little bit too long, so we're not going to squeeze it in, but we might put that in at the end uh, of next week's episode. So, guys, be sure to keep your eye out for that. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the website at www.theinsidezone.com. Till next time.